0: Hello, everybody, Josh Neighbors here, Locked on Nationals podcast today. It is the 20th of May, 2022. And on today's show, we have a series to preview. The Nationals have a three-game set with the Milwaukee Brewers that is about to begin uh, this weekend. So Friday through Sunday, we'll preview that. We'll also talk about an article that was written in the Washington Post from Barry Savolga about uh, the Nationals. And it's just about them being hard to watch right now talk about that article and also want to mention Cesar Hernandez's quality of play recently so interesting show coming up today hope you all enjoy you are locked on nationals your daily washington nationals podcast part of the locked on podcast network your team every day Once again, Josh Neighbors here, Nationals Podcast, May 20th, 2022. Make sure you guys follow us on Twitter, at LO underscore Nationals. You guys can find the show at Josh or find me personally, excuse me, at Josh Neighbors underscore. You can find the show wherever you get your podcast and on YouTube as well. So um, there was an article that was written in the Washington Post uh, by Barry Savolga about really just how bad. The Nationals have been. It's titled The Nationals Bad. They're Hard to Watch. And it was written yesterday, came out yesterday afternoon. And look, I know a lot of you all have watched the Nationals this year. I have watched them very closely, obviously, you know, doing the show. Um, And there's a lot of times where you just want to turn it off, even an episode earlier this week said I had, and this article is going, it's worth going and checking out. I'm sure a lot of you who are Nats fans are subscribers to Washington post, just because, you know, there's a lot of good Nats stuff there, or whatever you're into news, whatever else, it's obviously a great publication. Um, And, and you know, this article points out a lot of the stuff that we've been saying, but just kind of, there's a couple things I, I wanted to note that, you know, this team is making mistakes on a really impressive clip. They led the league in errors at 32, I think, going into their Wednesday game. Um, Yes, yeah, so the Nationals, uh, and replay played Thursday, the day off. The Nationals, I said mercifully a day off too. The Nationals led the majors with 32 errors. They were tied for last in the league and fielding percentage at 977. Only four teams were worse in the more advanced metrics of defensive runs saved, where the Nationals are minus eight in that category. But it's not like it's just something where we're seeing this only in the field we're seeing bad base running too let's look at these two examples that really are the big ones everybody has been uh you know the ones that everybody's been pointing to um, let me share my screen here uh and so you guys can can see what we're talking about here so this one is the really bad nationals base running that we saw against the Mets. skimmed down so to third and trying to advance a soto and now he's caught in a run down Lindor with a toss to Walker who makes the tag play at second, but Walker throws it into the right field. Not trying for third is Bell. The throw by Marte. Lindor tags out Bell. It's a double play. <laughs> Horrendous base running by the Nationals, and the Mets take advantage to carve out two outs. So there's that one, right? There's the one that everybody has been talking about from the base running perspective. And this one, this one sings because your two best players right now that you have on the field, like, you know, even the pitching department, like these have been the nationals, two best players and they're everyday players. And those guys making those mistakes was just horrible. I mean, Josh Bell going, you know, when he is clearly not a hundred percent him trying to stretch that and go extra, we've seen it this year. That was really tough to watch. And Soto just kind of staying in the way and complaining to the umpire, really difficult to watch. And then also here is the defensive example This is the big one, right? This is the one that everybody was talking about from that Marlins game the other night. The third goes... One ball, one strike to Solaire. Smashed past D-Strange Gordon and into left field. Here comes Jazz, and he gets in. Two more in to score. Runners are going to move up on the throw. That now gets into center field. In comes Solaire and the Marlins get three on a ground ball to short. That was anything but one ball, one strike to Solaire. You gotta watch the smash. Match. I mean, like the initial ball is hard hit. It is a ground ball. It's a very, very hard hit ground ball. Right? Um, that's a play that at least, if, if we know if Escobar doesn't get it, then maybe a better shortstop does get it. Somebody else has got to help make the play. I'm make the play, get the ball in, but the nationals can't even do that. And this goes back to an issue that, you know, a lot of people knew that they would be bad, but this is like a whole different level. And there is a quote from Dave Martinez, where he says, some of these errors we're making to be brutally honest, are just kind of lazy mistakes End quote. Um, and that was before Miami. So I, I have some thoughts on that. Yeah, I don't think the body language is great. Like, there's not anybody out there who's like, come on, come on, come on, come on. We're professionals. We got to do better than that. And maybe there needs to be. But we knew this team was going to be bad. Like, this team was was not supposed to be some great defense, awesome hitting, great pitching team, right? We knew that. Um, and so I think there is a cost being paid for that. Now this is a whole different level. Like there is a certain level of yes, if this was just an average team, if they just played good base, like you know, good baseball, average baseball, or a little bit below average baseball. Like this is comically bad, and I, I encourage you all to go check out the article from Barry because it's really good and it kind of talks about this. And like you know, the thing about it is, I wish I could sit here and tell you all what the fix was. But besides, like, just play better or just do routine, I mean, what else do you want to say? Like, I I mean, uh, besides acquire better players, right? Like, I don't think, you know, I'd, I'd, I'd prefer to see a younger player at shortstop making mistakes as opposed to Alcides Escobar. That's just me. That's where I stand on that. Um, you know, I think, uh, Lane Thomas thing out and out and I feel like we, we actually did want to try that. I think a lot of us were in, in agreement. Like we wanted to try that out to see that looks, but look, Yadiel has been so good that they have, you know, they've been splitting reps with him out there in left field and Lane's been doing some different stuff. It'll be pinch hitting or running, whatever it is, you know, he's gotten uh spotty on the, on the assignments. So like, that's, you know, about 110% his fault, his fault, I guess. Um, Josh Bell has not looked great. You know, they're in a part of that's because of the injury. Juan Soto's misplayed some balls out there. Victor Robles, like while he has excellent range, has made some curious decisions where he's just missing the cutoff guy, stuff like that. And K. Bear Ruiz also like there's no old catcher to help him out either on this team. And I think a value, you know, I, I like once again like we're all behind the idea of Riley Adams being there, but at some point like there needs to be some guys on this team, especially in the fielding department, who can help the row in certain ways. Alcides Escobar, like he can help, but the guys have to be able to still fill their positions well. You know, like there's a lead behind the scenes and also can lead by example. Like you need a little bit of both. And I don't, and Alcides Escobar can't lead by example because he's just, he's just not, you know, there's a reason why he's out of the league for a bit. And he had a really nice comeback. It was a really good story. But look, he's not helping out a winning team. I really don't think there's any way you think Alcides Escobar is going to help out a winning team. Maybe somebody else wants him. I don't know. But, like, I don't think that's a guy who's going to be helping out many winning teams. Michael Franco inconsistent at best over there at third. You know, K. Barrett Ruiz is young, so we're going to give him the benefit of the doubt over there. Cesar Hernandez, you know, has not been – it's not like he's some stone wall there at second base, although he feels like he's been the most consistent out of all these guys. So it's been a collective effort, but, you know, I'm wondering, like, there is just – Who's going to take charge? I, Soto's 23, and he plays right field. It's not like this is it's some premium defensive position where he can start screaming at guys and telling guys they have to play better on defense. It's not what it is. So, you know, you're just wondering, like, where is that going to come from for the Nationals? It's a huge question. And I don't bring up this talk of the Nationals are dreadful just to say, hey, they're dreadful. But what are you going to do about it? The base running stuff, like, those two guys have to clean up, and I think part of that goes to Soto's approach, and also Josh Bell has to press because he knows how bad this offense is. So I think that stuff they could definitely easily clean up. The defensive stuff, like the comical errors, sure. But bad defense, I think that might be just who this Nationals team is. I, I honestly think that. I, I, I think that is, you know, probably where this Nats team is right now, just due to just due to the guys they have uh, on this team who are playing right now. All right, quick word from our sponsors, and then we'll take a look at the series coming up here between the Nationals and the Brewers. Today's show is brought to you by Built Bar. You guys can go to Built.com today. That's Built.com. Use the promo code LOCK15, L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, LOCK15 for 15% off at done They've got plenty of flavors of Built Bar. Guys, Built Bar is delicious too. I mean, I had a, um, I had a one of their birthday cake puff ones this morning for a workout, for a run. Good to go for it. It was fine. It was, good. It was high in protein, not too much sugar in it. Uh, and I was fine. You know, it, was, it, it tastes just as good as a candy bar. It tastes better than every other power bar or uh, cliff bar, or whatever else is out there. And it's good. It's good for you. Once again, find built bars wherever you guys and mostly at built.com promo code lock 15 L O C K E D one five lock 15 for 15% off at built.com today. All right. So the Nationals, as we do before we preview every single series, we check up on where they are in the standings. The Nationals are thirteen and twenty six. It's a three thirty three winning percentage. They're two and a half games back out of first place. The New York Mets occupy that. They are five and a half games behind the Phillies, who are in second. They are five games behind the Marlins, who are in third. They are uh, five games behind the Braves, who are in fourth. The Nationals are five fifteen at home, eight and eleven on the road. They have a minus 45 run differential. The current streak is they've won one and they're three and seven in their last 10. They're playing the Milwaukee Brewers who have been strong so far this year, 24 and 14, 12 and five at home, 12 and nine away seven run differential. The win streak is one. They're five and five in their last 10 games, this nationals uh, team, obviously the one time when you think about the nationals playing against the Brewers, you think back to the 2019 post season when the Nationals beat the Brewers 4-3 at home to win the wild card game. And obviously the Nationals went on to win the World Series. The rest is history, as they say. So these three te- these two teams, obviously in much different positions. The Brewers have maintained kind of their perch right now, and the Nationals have not. Your game times for East Coast are 8-10, 7-10, and 2-10. So 8-10 on Friday night, uh, 7-10 on Saturday night, and then Sunday. 2:10 Eastern Time. Nationals will come back home after that, and they have got a uh, seven-game homestand where they'll play the Dodgers and the Rockies. So your pitching matchups. Um, first game is going to be Eric Fetty going up against Eric Lauer, I believe is how it's pronounced, uh, who's been really strong this year. Lauer, three and one record with a 2.60 earned on average. Nationals have not gotten a break; they faced a lot of good pitchers uh, recently, and so Lauer had a really strong. Uh, first month of the season in 21.93 ERA, gotten rocked a little bit in this outing uh, five innings, four runs, three homers were given up. And that's a place where you can actually get to Lauer, but he surrendered seven home runs um, across the six outings that he's had so far this year. So home runs, you know, you can get to him in that category just a little bit, but Lauer pitched for the Padres back in 18 and 19, just kind of found a home uh, and it's pitched really well. But last year in 20 starts, 3.19 ERA, and then also this year, 2.6. So he's improved, and he's just 26 years old. Uh, So, you know, the Nationals get a to look at him. And on the other side, we mentioned Eric Fetty will be pitching. So Fetty, always joke, hey, the goal is to get him to be steady. Fetty, it feels like it's one up, one down, step forward, step back. Um, Last time out, four innings, five hits, three runs, all earned, one homer, three walks, and six Ks, 82 pitches. Uh, did not go long enough to pick up the win, though. That was one of those – that was the Astros game, though, where things really were great. It was great to see a game where the Nationals just did not need the offense to completely, you know, kick ass and take names the entire game. But the good news is Fetty, the three starts he's made this month, has a 2.25 earn run average in 16 innings pitch, just allowing 13 hits, only allowing four earned runs total. Ten walks. The walks are obviously, you know, a little bit of an issue for him. Five in that game – against the Angels, the 5-4 loss, and then three in the game in just against Houston. Um, but, you know, ground balls for him, especially that Colorado game that they won, fantastic in that department. And a little bit stepped up this K game in the last game. But, you know, we know he's a guy that likes to nibble. We'll see what he's able to do in this game on the road. But you, you look at the – for Fetty, I mean, look at who he's faced this month. Houston, Los Angeles, Colorado. And now he is going to get so you know, shout out to Eric Fetty. Like, he's not getting any easy assignments with these starts, and he's pitched so far, uh, so good. Your second game matchup, Brandon Woodruff is going to go up against your Corbin. Woodruff so far this year, not repeating what he did last season. We know he's really strong last year and has been at, you know, a really good career so far. This year, not as good. It's four and two, so that they're bringing the offense, but a 5.35 earn run average last time out, five innings, five hits, three runs, one earned, it was off a homer, six Ks. So he is starting to step up his game a little bit more, but still, uh, you know, it's been up and down year for Woods so far. Maybe the Nationals can capitalize off that and keep that going. So Woodruff, you know, big name, but quite the performance that we're used to seeing from a guy like that. Patrick Corbin. You know, interesting start last time out. I'd mentioned that I didn't, I didn't hate it. I, I, you know, I know it was difficult. I know he's 0 six, the six point two eight ERA. That Houston start, you know, six innings, six hits, five runs, five earned, three homers, two walks, and five Ks. Like I didn't necessarily think that was all, all on his account. I I didn't think it was all his doing. Um, I don't think he should have come out for that sixth and final inning. Excuse me, the seventh inning. Um, where, you know, he gave up two home runs and, and I know his pitch count was low. We revisited that and we recapped that series. But I don't think he should have been out there for that last part. I think that that ultimately cost him. So I thought that was a mismanaged moment by Dave Martinez. And I think, Corbin, generally speaking, you know, the results earlier in the year to now, it's been a bit more positive for him. Then the final matchup, it's Freddie Peralta, who's 3-1 with a 3.35 ERA this season, going up against Aaron Sanchez and Peralta, Has really, after a rough start, uh, has had really three quality starts in this last month. 17 and two-thirds innings worked over the course of last month with just a 2.04 ERA. He has become a lot more consistent. And also, in that 17 and two-thirds innings, 25 Ks on the month. Uh, And so he has really upped that and upped his game. Trying to do better in that category is Peralta. So he's kind of surging right now, 25-year-old, throwing some of his best ball of the season so far. Um, and this one also lines up. So Aaron Sanchez will be taking the ball two and three, the 7.94 ERA. Look like he's just, I don't know. Tell you guys that Aaron Sanchez, he's not very good. Um, and he shouldn't be in the amount of players, the nationals who probably shouldn't, you know, this is the team once again, like I hate to be that guy, I hate to be kind of rude about it, but, uh, five days, you know, hook by hook or by crook, um, that's kind of, you know, it's just the reality. And, and look, we've talked about this. A lot of you all have mentioned this in the comments. I mentioned this before this season. The Nationals' failure to get more starting pitching was – it was just that. It was a failure to do so. So I, I think that is something we have to mention with Aaron Sanchez, um, you know, and, and uh, they're having him out every five days, but it's not going great. We'll see what he does on Sunday. He's got that series finale, as I mentioned, against Peralta. All right, one more k- quick break, and then we'll hit on some Cesar Hernandez. A little positivity today on a Friday. Get you all into what should be a really hot weekend here on the East Coast. Today's show is brought to you by BetOnline and BetOnline.net. You guys go there today. When you do, you uh, you just sign up. It's free to do. Great interface. Easy to navigate. You won't have any problems signing up at all. Then you guys can check out odds for Major League Baseball, for the NBA playoffs, the NHL playoffs, for the golf tournament this weekend at Southern Hills PGA championship for NASCAR for F one, uh, whatever else you guys want. They've got that online and BetOnline.net today. So we've got a bet online. It's where the game starts. All right. So I want to mention, just shout out Cesar Hernandez, because you know, this was a guy the nationals bring in and really didn't, you know, well, what to expect was okay. Veteran presence. He's there. He's just, he's 31. But he's been in the league since 2013. So he's been around for a long time. So he is that veteran presence. And really, the 21 season for him was rough, but he has been a pretty decent hitter. And this year, he's gotten back to that. He's hitting 278. He's got a 328 on ba- uh, on base, got a positive war, which you can't say for a lot of the Nationals players. And it feels like from that leadoff spot, he's just given them, um, you know, it's just given them a bit more, I feel like, than. Uh, then you know, what I expected at least. I mean, I, you know, I know once again, like numbers overall aren't spectacular, but this month he's hitting 278 or 286 rather with a 375 on base. And that's what you want from your leadoff guy. You know, he's hit, hitting just 13 points higher in the average month, but that on base has increased to 375. First base on uh, first month on base in 99 ABs was 294. In 63 this month, it's at 375. So he's done a much better jobs you know seeing more pitches still he is more of an aggressive leadoff hitter it's not a guy who's taking a ton of walks he only took two in the first 99 ab's of the season is taking more now but this is a guy that you know the nationals have kind of shown preference towards um leadoff hitters are you know Lead off hitters who are aggressive, and look, they've had that with uh, when Elise Escobar was leading off. They've had that when Kyle Schwarber was leading off. I know Kyle Schwarber can get his walks, but like just as a hitter, you know, they wanted him to be aggressive. That was the message, and he went on a massive tear when he was aggressive. So I think, um, you know, I think Cesar, um, Cesar Hernandez has done really well, and look, he's got five hits right now. Um, in his last three games, so he's you know he's done well. He's hit, he hit a triple as well, which means uh, he's still a little bit of the wheels there. But yeah, I mean, uh, on the season, on on total, you know, he's driven in just eight runs, but he's in that you know front spot, so it's not going to be a super uh, high uh, you know run driving in position. I just think we should shout that out that he's actually been a guy who's been playing well that's why Matt Weirich, when he joins us next week, we're going to talk about him and the, you know, good situation he's put the Nationals in. I think two acquisitions in the infield, you know, while their defense might not be Sterling and Gold Glove level and Mike Helfranco and Cesar Hernandez, you do give the Nationals some options that, look, this thing looks Triple like a AAA team. If they trade those guys, it's going to be full on A team, but you might do it because you might get some decent assets back in return. We'll touch on that on Monday, hopefully, when we talk to Matt Weirich. All right, that will do it for the show today. Also, Lindsey Crosby coming up this weekend. We're going to talk about actually put together a trade package for Juan Soto. Once again, I'm not trying to get him traded, but with the chatter right now, it's a fun topic the Nationals aren't playing very well. So we'll kind of kick that around and see any team put together actually a package that could uh, get Juan Soto on the move. Make sure you guys follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Nationals. You guys can follow us, uh, follow me at Josh Neighbors underscore. Find the show over at your podcast and here on YouTube as well. Until next time, my friends, as always, stay safe.